You are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book recommendations written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books, too. Let's dive in. This is episode 49, and I'm so glad you're here. You can find the links to all the books and anything else I talk about today on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com p slash show This morning, I got to attend the Christie Awards live webinar for the 2022 Christie Awards. These are um, awards for excellence in Christian fiction. I've talked about these on my blog, and I think Yes, I've definitely talked about these um, on the podcast in the past as well. I have been really enjoying working my way through the Christie Awards list um, very slowly, just because that's how it goes. I have books on my shelf I want to get to. I have books um, that come in through the publishers and um, even throw off my list of books on my shelves even, but I'm slowly but surely making my way through this list, and I've definitely been having a lot of fun along the way. Um, So the ceremony was hosted by Jeff Crosby and Chris Fabry, and it was just kind of fun to um, do it this way this year. Normally, I just jump on the website, usually a few days late because I forget to do it on the day of. Um... But now I write the date in my planner, so that won't happen. And this year, it was just really fun to attend the webinar. Um, Someday, I think it would be really fun to actually attend in person to attend the Christie Awards. And they also do kind of like a writer's conference at the same time in, I think, Nashville, I think they said. Um, Or at least that's where I think they said they're doing it this year. And um, I would love to attend that someday, but for today, it was fun just to um, be a part of the Zoom call and hear about the finalists. Um, I did, you can you can go to their website to see that. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I did write up a full um, blog post about them as well. But I just wanted to really briefly go over the ones that I've already read. So um, in Contemporary Romance, One of the finalists was Bookshop by the Sea by Denise Hunter. I listened to that one as an audiobook a few months ago, and I, um, you know, romance is not my go to genre, but I did enjoy this one. For general fiction, uh, The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery by Amanda Cox. Um, I read that one earlier this or uh, last year. And, or it's possible it was this year. Anyway, it was not a wonderful season for me. Um, My grandmother had just passed away, so we had moved across the country, and we were not living in our own space. We were living in someone else's home, and it was just a really strange transition time for me. Um, And so I know I liked that book fine, Um, But truthfully, it just doesn't really stick in my mind very well. I've also had um, the last year or so, I've had a lot of brain fog and just um, kind of been dealing with that. So I know I liked this book, but I can't honestly say a whole lot about it. And I feel bad about that. Um, I read another book by Amanda Cox 
um, The Edge of Belonging, which I really liked. I added it to my kids' bookshelves. So, I mean, she's a great writer and I feel bad. This is absolutely because of me and um, not because of her, but um, unfortunately that is where I'm at. Um, I also really was interested in um, one of the general fiction finalists, Under the Magnolias by T.I. Lowe. I haven't read this one yet, but it is on my shelf because I have had it recommended to me so many times um, by a few different people and then also by the Tyndale Reader Rewards website. Um, one of the ways you can earn points on there is... Um, like kind of every quarter, I think it's every quarter, they will put up like a book quiz, like what should be your, you know, cozy autumn read or what should be your summer read. And for the summer one, um, this was what came up for me was Under the Magnolias. So I'm excited to check that one out. Um, also, one of the historical fiction finalist was Yours is the Night by Amanda Dykes. Um, this is a World War One story. And I'm, I also have this one on my shelf. Um, I just recently picked this one up. And I was excited about this one as well, because I loved her um, first book, Whose Waves These Are. That was actually the first fiction book I recommended on this podcast. And then I also enjoyed her novella, I believe called Up From the Sea. Um, I think she's a really great writer. I even enjoy reading her newsletters. And um, like I say, this is already on my shelf, a recent edition. So that just makes me that much more excited about it. For historical romance, um, and it's funny because I, I feel like I constantly am, am reminding, oh, you know, romance isn't my thing, um, but I liked this book. And it, but it's really true. Um, often when I'm reading these books, I like them in spite of the romantic storyline, um, not because of it, not because I like the romance more than I expected or because I think I don't like romance, but I really do. No, I really don't like reading about new romances in a novel. And sometimes I do get a little bit frustrated because I feel like um, in a way it's kind of hard to find Christian fiction that doesn't have that romance element to it. Um, it's not impossible, but it is hard. Even sometimes um, I'll pick up a suspense novel and it'll go that direction and I'll feel like, what in the world? How? <laughs> um, but it, that's where we're at. So I'm trying really hard to embrace it, but sometimes it does just sort of grate on me a little bit, just if I'm being completely honest. But I really did like both of these historical romance finalists, Shadows of Swanford Abbey by Julie Klassen. Um, this is the one I had talked about when I said that the back said it's Agatha Christie meets Jane Austen. And I fully agree with that assessment. So it was a lot of fun for that reason. And then also Until Leaves Fall in Paris by Sarah Sundin. Um, the other two finalists for this category do sound good, but I loved both of these books. So I secretly hope one of those ones wins. Um, also for mystery, suspense, and thriller, um, one of the finalists for that is The Barrister and the Letter of, I'm not sure, it's M-A-R-Q-U-E, so I'm not sure if it's The Letter of Mark or Mark K. Um, this is by Todd M. Johnson, and um, this is another one I just recently added to my shelf. Um, 
my son is too young for this at the moment, but I'm always thinking ahead for um, my kids' book lists as teenagers. And he's really into the idea of being a lawyer right now. And he likes historical fiction and um, a lot of Christian fiction that gets recommended to me is fairly feminine, but this one sounded like it could definitely be um, a possible contender for him. So I'm excited to check that one out. For short form, um, two of these really caught my eye. Actually, all three of these finalists caught my eye. Um, False Pretense by Heather Day Gilbert. Sounded so good, but this is book four in a series. So I will have to start with book one. But there are two Christmas winner uh, finalists. Sorry, they're not winners yet. These are finalists. There are two Christmas finalists that really sound like a lot of fun. Mr. Nicholas by Christopher DeVink sounds so good to me. I was definitely excited about this one. And then um, A Texas Christmas Carol by Karen Whitemeyer. This is one, um, you know, my mom and I do our Christmas buddy read and we have the Michelle Grieb collection, Once Upon a Dickens Christmas. So theoretically this year, we will be reading the third book in that collection. But we have really been toying with the idea of reading that next year instead, and this year reading A Texas Christmas Carol by Karen Whitemeyer. So stay tuned. Eventually we'll um, record an episode and let you know about our Christmas plans. But at the moment, um, that is kind of something we're toying with. Um, there are a few speculative, there's one, two, three, four speculative finalists this year, and none of them were really familiar to me. And then for young adult, there were three finalists, and um, the only one that I knew about was Shadow by Kara Swanson. So this is the sequel to Dust, and these are her kind of fairy tale retellings of the Peter Pan story. So I haven't read either of these yet, but I do have Dust on my list. I'm very curious about this, and I would love to know if you all have read any of these yet or if any of these finalists are on your shelf or on your list. Um, or if you get geeky excited about things like the Christie Awards, I would love to hear about it. Let's jump into some recent reads for fiction. Um, I recently read The Promise of Dawn by Lorraine Snelling. Um, actually, I listened to it as an audiobook. And this one is straight historical fiction, not a time slip. This takes place in 1909. Um, we open up, I think just chapter one um, is in Norway. And I really like reading about Norway ever since we did our Nordic Christmas unit study um, with the good and the beautiful a couple years ago. And um, we have this couple and their children who um, move to America because a family member in Minnesota writes, reaches to them, reaches out to them and writes and says, um, I need help with my homestead. I'll pay for your passage um, if you'll come and help me. And then once you've met the terms of our agreement, then you can have this, that and the other. And it's a too good of a deal to pass up and they decide to go for it. So they are, you know, pioneers in this new space for them. And um, everything is new and different. And there's 
some turbulence between the two different families, or I should say the two different couples, and there's kind of a lot going on, but it doesn't feel like a lot, and it just was really enjoyable. I really um, wanted to read it because Lorraine Snelling is one of the authors my grandmother had recommended to me, and um, she didn't give a specific book um, that she recommended by this author, and so it's bothered me. Um, that I don't know if this is one of the ones she read or not. And of course it bothers me. I would like to talk to her about it. Um, we both lived in Minnesota during different times in our lives. And, um, there were, and then there's the homesteading element and there were a few other things in there that I really wished I could talk to her about. And of course I can't. So, um, mixed feelings about this book in that sense, but just in the sense of the book itself, I definitely liked it and, um, would recommend it. My nonfiction is kind of going to seem a little bit odd. So this is really geared towards those of you who like to write and those of you who like to read split time or time slip or dual time fiction. So this is A Split in Time by Melanie Dobson and Morgan Tarpley Smith. Um, Melanie Dobson has written um, quite a few World War II um, time slips. I So far, I have a couple on my shelf, but so far the only ones I have read were Hidden Among the Stars and The Winter Rose. I really liked both of those. Um, and then Morgan Tarpley Smith is... Um, in the process of publishing one of her own novels. So this is written for writers who are wanting to learn how to write split time fiction. Well, I'm very interested in that subject. And um, I've, I've been looking forward to this book for a while and it just kept getting pushed pushed back um, because of review, bo review books. So I was really excited. I finally got to read it. I really enjoyed it. I was going into it for the writing perspective, but I will say that um, as a reader of split time fiction, which is, I go back and forth on whether or not contemporary Christian fiction or time slip is my favorite. And I do think I really love time slips because I get to have the best of both worlds. Um, I really do enjoy historical fiction and sometimes branching out into new time periods is not super enjoyable for me in the sense that I go back to being a kid and feeling kind of stupid for not knowing things about a certain time period. But I find that this is a really great way to kind of make it come to life for me and make it um, more exciting for me to learn more about it in real life. And um, I like learning new things. So it ends up usually being fun. I just have like a mental block going into it. And then once I'm in it, I enjoy it. But then I get to kind of anchor myself in the contemporary storyline and feel sort of secure because I at least know what's going on um, in the modern day world. So as a reader, I really enjoyed reading not only about the process um, of how a lot of these different writers um, find their way into this and create these two storylines or more and weave them together. Um, but just in general, it was fun because we have interviews of some of these authors and um, we also get to read little summaries of their books. And so it was sort of like reading 
I don't know, in a way it was like reading a big blog post um, by and about these Christian fiction authors. The book itself is not like this overtly Christian book um, that talks about how to bring God into your writing or anything like that. But um, these are it's about Christian authors. And um, anyway, for that reason, I felt like it was OK to categorize it. But I, I hesitated with sharing it since it's so writing specific. But at the end of the day, I felt like, no, this was really fun for me as a reader as well. And I know a lot of you like historical fiction. And I think some of you are more open to time slip novels than others. But um, some of you really like those. So I thought I would just recommend it. Okay, for children's, I wanted to share what we've been doing as our morning, one of our morning reads right now um, for homeschool. I like to do um, Bible stories and devotionals as part of our like morning read aloud time. So we've been reading through God Always Keeps His Promises by Max Lucado. And this is kind of, I would call it a devotional because it has his writing in it um, and then like Bible story within that. Um, and I say Bible story because it's not direct quotes from the Bible. It's the paraphrased storybook um, version of these stories. Um, we're really liking it. My littlest is four and it's some of it is a little bit over her head, but she knows the Bible stories, so it's fine. Um, but quite a few mornings, we've had some really good discussion come out of this. And that's always something I really love. I feel like I can just say things um, till I'm blue in the face. But my kids, like really having something reach into their heart and then reflecting on it and asking questions and getting, and sometimes they're not easy questions. Sometimes it's like, but why would God do that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> a good question. And, um, it's not always easy, but I feel like it's really important when they have these opportunities to sort of grapple with some of these hard things and um, come to certain conclusions together, I think is so powerful and so transformative for their faith and also for our relationships with each other. So um, for that reason, I really love it. And I also like the illustrations I think are nice. God Always Keeps His Promises by Max Lucado. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you, as always, for being here and for listening. I hope you get a chance to check out the Christie Awards finalists and add some great new books to your reading list. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that whatever you are working through, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you have going on in your heart and in your mind, that you're not alone. Not only because God is always with you, but because you are so very human and you're just not alone, period. There are so many people and so many Christians working through whatever it is you're working through. There's so many working through that exact same thing. and. Just overall, there are so many, I mean, I would argue that every Christian is working through something. It's just that some of us are fully aware of that and some of us are not quite aware of the fact that we're repeating patterns or that God keeps putting little things in our path 
in our hearts and our minds. Um, but really we are all on our own journeys and we're all working through some stuff and you're doing the right thing. Even if you're stumbling and tripping and falling, even if you are taking seems like as many steps backward as you take forward. The reality is that if you are aware of the fact that some of your choices or some of your mindsets or some of your habits or coping mechanisms are not in alignment with the goodness that God desires for you. And if you are recognizing that you want things to be different and you are attempting to make a change, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. You're human. So if you make mistakes, you make mistakes. And that doesn't mean that you failed. It means that you fell and it's time to get back up, right? So hang in there and don't let yourself be tempted to feel like you're alone. I know it's lonely. But you can be lonely in a room full of people, right? There's a big difference between being lonely and being alone, and you are never alone in this. So keep going, keep fighting, keep persevering, and keep remembering that it will absolutely pay off in the end. It's absolutely worth it to not give up on attempting to reach the goals that God has placed in your heart. If you want to stay connected with me online between now and the next episode, you can always find me on my blog, authorskbell.com, and you can also find me on YouTube where I am the Christian Bookworm. Right now, I mostly just have shorts put up on YouTube, but I do plan to do some longer videos in the future. Actually, I would love to know your thoughts on that. If you are a YouTube user, um, let me know about the length of videos that you typically look for because... I am probably not like most YouTube users. I don't, um, I haven't used YouTube on a daily basis like ever. And I don't think I totally line up with what most people look for when they watch YouTube. So I'd love to know your thoughts. What are you looking for when you watch YouTube? Let me know. Um, again, that channel is The Christian Bookworm. You can also find me on Goodreads, where I am SK Bell, and on Pinterest and Twitter, where I am author SK Bell. I think that's everything. Remember, I will be praying for you and rooting for you and cheering you on. I hope you have a great day today, Bookworm, and I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.